Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. I'll tell you, tell you all about how, you know, how I got started with the, with the cameras. Okay. Um, and, uh, we'll go from there. So sounds good. Now, are, did you get started with cameras or did you get started in some other hound or tree dog? Well, uh, we've had tree dogs, had tree dogs all my life. Uh, my grandfather's, you know, both hunted, they both squirrel hunted, coon hunted, uh, great grandfather's. Where I come from, you know, they always kept a kept a tree dog around, squirrel hunted. Uh, my uncles all, you know, enjoyed tree dogs, and and I've got a few that that still do. You know, they're getting up in age and stuff. They still they still hunt. Uh, still got tree dogs. Uh, one uncle, he's he's big big time rabbit hunter. Keeps beagles. Uh, but as far as me, uh, my dad, he was he really liked beagles. So when I was little. I had to slip off and hunt with somebody else to get a tree dog because <laughs> I like I like the tree dogs. I re- yeah. I did like the yeah I like the rabbit hunting stuff too. But something about the tree dogs just kind of you know uh, stuck me just a little bit harder than than the than the beagles did. And uh, but uh, my mother's father, my grandfather, he uh, he kept rat terriers and. Uh, Okay. He they were they were tree dogs, squirrel dogs, and mm-hmm. you know the the rat terriers now you don't find you don't find very many that, that still have tree left in them. But yeah. uh, he he really liked the rat terriers, and because uh, his dad uh, always kept little well, they were known more so I guess as spice uh, back years ago. But they were just a small black dog. Most of his were black. Okay. Uh, so. You know, I had that had that background of, of tree dogs, uh, mm-hmm. but as far as uh, with the cur dogs, you know, I took a I hunted with a with an old guy, um, Mr. McCaleb, back when in my teenage years that uh, that had a had a cur dog, and he was a really really nice coon dog. He even on a bad night, you know, he he'd show you coon. Uh, mm-hmm. He a lot of a lot of hounds to shame. So. I, I knew that there was some other dogs out there. I, I always had Walker dogs or black and tans, uh, through, through high school is what I coon hunted. Okay. Uh, and, so, but I knew that there was, there was other dogs out there and, you know, we didn't have the, the internet and I didn't get full cry. I didn't get anything of that. So if it wasn't around here local, I really didn't know a lot about it, but, uh, I always thought that, that, that I wanted a cur dog. Well, Fast forward to late 80s, uh, I met my wife, and her father, and little did I know that how deep and and how far this would, you know, would carry me, but uh, <laughs> her daddy had uh, had two, uh, two cur dogs, okay. uh, and those are, those that blood out of those two dogs is still in my dogs today, so cool. from the late 80s until now, it's still... There's still some of that blood in these dogs, but uh, uh, I met my wife, and she invited me, you know, to to go down and and, and meet her parents. And he lived in uh, in Carlisle, Tennessee, at the time. And when we went down there, he had these two old dogs running around, just yard dogs, and they they kind of looked like mixed up butts, but they were you know built pretty good. Uh, and I got to talking to him about them, and it was something that we had in common. And come to find out, he had had uh, he had, had cur dogs ever since uh, you know Hugh Stevens and Carl McConnell and and uh, you know Woody Huntsman and all of them had had uh, been uh, you know collecting them back in the in the sixties and seventies. And yeah. I've act- I've actually got pictures of my wife with a with an old black cur when she was two years old, standing in her front yard. You know, so that's awesome. I didn't. I didn't realize that that meeting her was going to carry this, you know, this far. So, <laughs> but anyway, I told him your uh, your future wife was was deeply embedded in the cur world. Yes, yes, and you know that's that's all she knew. She didn't. She really didn't know if they that they made very many other dogs. You know, so 
uh, she's actually so she's actually been in them way longer than I have. And, That's funny. But uh, I, in talking to him, you know, I, I told him I said if you ever have any pups, I would I would really like a pair of pups because at the time I had one Walker uh, female that was she was a coon dog, but if she ever came across a, a, a fox track or a deer track, your hunt was over. And uh, me being a broke teenager, I didn't I didn't have enough money for a shot collar or anything like that, so I was. Yeah. My best bet was a a good pair of tennis shoes laced up tight and cut them off and and uh, you know bring them back to the to my side. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, um, along about Christmas, uh, he calls me one day and he says, "Have you got a dog box?" And I said, "Yes, sir." And he said, "Well, have you got time this weekend to come to the house?" And I said, "Yes, sir." So he he didn't tell me why, but I kind of had a feeling that. Was something to do with a dog because he wanted a dog box. I thought he might have had him puffed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I went down there and the male dog that he had running around, he said, Load old Sam up. He's yours. And uh, I was like, No, I, I, can't, I can't do that. You know, he, he's your dog. He said, Well, he said, If he don't go with you, he said, He's going somewhere. And I said, okay. And that's always a bad sign in my book. You know, if he, yeah. he's either going with you or he's going somewhere. But uh, I asked him why. And he said, well, he said, um, I'm already his third owner. And said, he's, he's come here and he's chewed everything up. Uh, I'm getting tired of going out on the front porch in the morning time and uh, tripping over snakes. And he said, this morning he laid the third copperhead on my front porch. And he said, I'm too old uh, to be getting scared like that. So <laughs> I took I took old Sam home and come to find out old Sam had uh, once had been had belonged to uh, Loretta Lynn. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. A good friend of mine had, had sold him to Loretta's husband. And he got down there, same thing. He chewed everything up, just, you know, just being a puppy, so to speak. And, Anyway, he went back uh, to the guy that bought him or that, that sold him, and he gave him to his brother. And then my father-in-law contacted the guy uh, about getting a, getting a cur dog, and he said, "Well, I've got one. It's down at my brother's house." And so my father-in-law went up there, and he ended up buying him. And then, of course, he chewed everything up at my father-in-law's house, so I ended up with him. Uh, that turned out to be. Probably the best cur dog that I have walked behind to date. Spoiled you right from the get go. Yes, and <laughs> and I've been chasing. I've been chasing that ever since. Yeah. Uh, I got him. I said, you know, at Christmas, and he had never been hunted. Uh, my father-in-law said, you know, all he's done is, uh, you know, chase deer, run rabbits, and kill snakes, and uh, you know. And he he would find them. I mean, he'd dig. He hated the snake. He would dig in, in the barn. He would, like I say, I got him in December. So, you know, he found one somewhere. Yeah. And brought it up there. You know. Uh, but anyway, uh, I got him in December, and the very last day of season of uh, in Tennessee was February twenty eighth at that time. And that morning, I shot out. Uh, I shot out a limit Tennessee limited squirrels. And carried him that night and three, three, two coons. Um, Pretty good. How old was he? So at that time, he was 13 months old. Oh, okay. And uh, so, you know, he was, you know, like I said, by far the best that, that, I, that I've walked behind yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing that, you know, I, I'm kind of like Forrest Gump. You know, I'm not a smart man, <laughs> but uh, I knew enough that, uh, you know, hey, if this one was doing this, maybe I need to to find the the guy that uh, that bred this dog, yeah, and uh, and see if I can get some more. And so I did. Uh, that happened to be Jerry Lane down in Dixon, Tennessee. Uh, a lot of people know him as Bronco. Uh, in my book, he's a, he's a super super dog man. Uh, he took me in. Uh, Couple years before I ever I, I did it, but uh, I went down and I bought a, a half sister to the to the Sam dog, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, through the years, uh, me and Jerry became pretty good friends, and I hunted dogs for Jerry for years. Um, he gave me dogs, and I'd, I'd hunt them till I get them going. I'd carry them back. I worked, I worked midnight, midnight at the time, so I could, okay. you know, I could hunt every day. Yeah. And, uh, and so when I when I got the Sam dog, there there wasn't really a you know a camera association. Mm-hmm. So everything that I had back then was OMCBA registered. Uh, Out of curiosity, how was Sam bred? Uh, Sam was basically some old uh, busher stock out of Tennessee or uh, Bronner's Blackie. And uh, another thing that uh, that I didn't realize was Sam's mother uh, came from or grandmother came from right over here, just about four miles from me. A dog named Spencer Creek Punky, which uh, she was uh, busher slash camera bred, and uh, Tony Wheatloff, uh, he had carried her up to Wayne Bronner's and bred her to Bronner's Blackie, which is the more of the what most people today call you know call busher stock. Um, which busher busher stock has now become pretty much a generic term for anything that's not you know street bred or camera bred. Much, <laughs> yeah. So, but looking at uh, looking at Sam's papers, his mother was a, was a full blooded camper, mm-hmm. um, which was out of uh, Blondie Four, and uh, let's see, let me back out of a dog called Coonsville Tarzan, and an old female we call Barbie, which was Blondie Four and Target. Okay. Uh, so, um, which. Jerry had got those, you know, those dogs straight from Robert. You know, we progressed on, you know, around here, me and my wife, you know, with, with those dogs working back and forth with Jerry. And one dog that that I just happened to, you know, fall into, um, and, you know, I told you earlier, talking about happy accident, an old dog called uh, Big Sally. Okay. Well, I won world hunts. I won NKC hunts, you know. Hundred uh, over a hundred dogs. Uh, when OMCBA, you know, cast uh, OMCBA hunt uh, both ways, but uh, she was actually, uh, you know, just about a call uh, when I when I got her, and uh, she turned out to be one of those that uh, that was just, you know, way above average, and uh, and her dad. Uh, uh, we called him Hammer. Um, he was a three-quarter gold nugget dog. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried everything in the world. I, I ended up with him at the house and, and hunted him and, and done. And um, he was just, well, I, I hate to say it, but he was worthless. I mean, he, as, as far as a tree dog, yeah. he just he had more interest in, in messing with other dogs or the tree than, than he did treating. Uh, and he got in and, and bred the uh, the Sally dog's mama it was called Lou and um, pretty much because of as, as sorry as old Hammer was, nobody wanted puffs out of a sorry dog and, you know, Lou, but uh, yeah. uh, out of that litter, there was uh, two world, world champion squirrel dogs and a world reserve night champion and one more that uh, that went to Louisiana that was better than all the rest of them, but he never was put in competition on it. You know? What's crazy is I, I've heard that from multiple people that it, it's typically more females, you know, mm-hmm. some brood brood female that gets bred that has never seen a coon or or squirrel or whatever, and you know, is throwing these world champion pups, and it's just like I don't know. Genetics boggles my mind in that way because it's like then you have good females that don't reproduce at all. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy sometimes how how the genetics work and how they line up and like that. Well, you know, you should, like an old uh, friend of mine used to used to say, he said, "How many times can you reach into a deck of cards and pull out the same cards each time?" You know, so those those genes and stuff are in there yeah you know they may be subdued they may be pushed down or whatever but they're in there mm-hmm. um now now saying that i i don't like to breed on a 
the brood chips. I don't like, I want to see what they're doing. I want to, I think that increases my chances of, you know, getting the dog that I want, you know, because it's, you can't take a, you know, you can't take a a black Angus and make it a milk cow, you know, so. I completely agree. I'm not going to breed something that's not something I would want to have another one of. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I've, I've been blessed, uh, in these dogs to, to be tutored or men, mentored or whatever you want to call it, uh, by some really great dog men. Uh, you know, Robert Cameron, I, I still consider him a, a really good friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, and even Carl Smith, I mean, he, he grew up in the same neck of the woods that I did. Went to school with my aunts and uncles, and so okay. uh, even even before I knew about, knew much about cur dogs and stuff, I had went with my uncle to his place to breed to breed a, a red bone hound to a cur dog. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so you know Robert Kimmer, Carl Smith, uh, the Huntsmans, uh, Peanut Beatty. You know, from from way back, they yeah. you know. They gave me direction and and in breeding these of dogs. You've known all the yeah. All the greats. I guess I'm I'm dating myself on <laughs> on some of that. But, well, uh, hang on one but, second. Let's actually. Why don't you right. introduce yourself uh, so that way people know who you are? Moving forward. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm Chris Boone, uh, Lebanon, Tennessee, and uh, just uh just one of these old Kimmer Kimmer dog fanciers, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And for the listeners of the podcast, your name got brought up uh, back in, I think, December. Because Jared and Melissa Harrelson, they got a pair of pups from you. Yes, sir. So, your name was brought up in that episode. And they were singing your praises because their pups are, at that point, I think, like, what, nine or ten months old? Something like that. And we're putting the pieces together and starting to tree. And maybe not doing it all by themselves, but we're, we're doing pretty good. Well, I, you know, I told you before that uh, that I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts, but I did listen to that one because they, I got word that uh, that they were going to be on there, and I thought, well, I'll see, you know, see how the how the dogs were doing, and uh, and I think you're right. I think they they were about eight or nine months old or something like that. Yep. And uh, they, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, they came down here to pick up one dog, and they they looked, and I had a little light brindle female. She, and uh, she is sharp. I, I would take that female off their hands in a heartbeat. You know, <laughs> well, I, I was I was going to keep her, and uh, <laughs> because she was uh, she was really nice, and and I got to thinking about it because uh, I didn't think we were going to have a lot of game this year, and it turned out we didn't. And I'm and I'm glad that, that they went ahead and got her because I couldn't have done her justice this year. We our game numbers is way down in my area. Uh, Late frost and poor mass crop really, yeah. really hurt it. So the there again, you know, that's uh, that's that fate I was talking about. You know, happy happy things come. You know, yeah. through things like that. And they she went out there, so it was the best thing for her. Mm-hmm. But sorry to I interrupted you. You're talking about how you were mentored by most a bunch of the greats of the original Mountain Curve Breeders Association. Yes, sir. Uh, the very First time that I went to uh, an OMCBA hunt, it was uh, at the the old uh, Lake Francis, I believe it was, and uh, I got carried up there. And fast forward, uh, the first one that I actually participated in was uh, was over at the, at the clubhouse they have now, Jamestown, and mm-hmm. and I, I was always one of those kids that. Uh, that I'd go ask questions if uh, you had something that, that I wanted to know. I mean, I'd go ask and, and then I'd sit there and listen. And, uh, you know, I became pretty good friends with, with Laddie Huntsman. He kind of introduced me around to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I, I'd sit and I'd listen to the stories and, and listen to, to the things that they had to say and try to, you know, filter through the, you know the the lies and the, and the <laughs> BS and and get what I could out of it and because you know I mean sitting up at the clubhouse and at uh, one o'clock in the morning waiting for the coon cats to come in you hear everything yep. 
So, but uh, yes, I was I was really blessed. Uh, and another thing is, is I was blessed to know and have some really good family that are, uh, you know, Angus uh, cattle breeders, and I learned a lot about genetics, you know, with uh, through other animals. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's same thing still applies to the dogs that it that applies to the cattle. Yeah, and I've I've heard that other places as well. Well, you know, and and um, there's a, a a guy that I know that it's around here. He's a he's a landscaper. He's from Guatemala, mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't speak a whole lot of English. But uh, down there, they with their game chicken. Yeah, man. I mean, he is a wealth of knowledge. If I could understand everything he said, you know, uh, I'm sure I'd pick up a lot more. But he. His insight into into breeding is is unreal. Yeah, that that carry over from different different animals and stuff into the breeding world is is really helped me. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was saying with uh, with those dogs that that I got from my daddy in law, um, it's those genes are still there from you know in my in my dogs today. Yeah, and. You know, I was I was also lucky enough to have some really good friends that helped me because one person can't you know can't keep a line of dogs going. Oh no! Um, and uh, one early on, I got a phone call uh, one night from a guy. I I didn't I didn't have a clue who he was, um, but his name was Roger Bennett, and uh, Roger is is a really really good dog person he's you know saying you know you got to be smarter than the dog uh <laughs> you know to get anything out of them and uh you know they kind of nicknamed him the professor and and stuff like that but uh, roger and i've been, been friends just just about as long as i've been in in cur dog world okay uh matter of fact he came and bought uh his second dog from uh me and jerry lane uh more so jerry lane than me at that time but uh uh, an old dog called uh, Warrior, mm-hmm. and uh, and Roger and I worked back and back and forth uh, for years uh, with dogs, and uh, he kind of created, you know, with the traits that he liked and and everything, uh, a line of dogs that uh, uh, you know for the most part referred to as uh, as meat dogs. Yeah. And uh, like you we know, were talking before we started recording uh, about them old forums and. Squirrel haters, I remember that mm-hmm. he, he always referred to his dogs as meat dogs. Uh huh. And and you know they were because you know he he wasn't out for uh, competition hunts. He wasn't. Although I mean, he and I traveled all over the southeast United States, and you know hunting and going and visiting people and and stuff. Made a lot of friends uh, riding right side by side with him. Uh, but he wasn't interested in competition it's all he wanted was a was a good dog yeah and uh i'm gonna tell you that that man has raised some really really good dogs uh, and uh you know he was just just one you know one acquaintance or friend or whatever that that helped me through the years there's been a lot of too many really to name yeah that if that have got two or three dogs, and and when I got short of something that or a trait that I needed, they would have, and I could call it back, uh, you know. And it's 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 really helped with the with the dogs that I've got now to be able to do that. Uh, you know, I, I'll probably give away more dogs than I've ever sold. Yeah. Uh, and because I wanted to get them into hunters' hands and you know, be able to pull them back in when I need them. Uh, you know, um, a few more, uh, a couple I'm working with, you know, now, uh, Dwight Anderson, um, he's, he's got some dogs for me that, and to help him keep alive what he had in his old stock stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's working great. Uh, these guys say that they do, they do it all themselves. I, I could, I could never do it. No, I mean, the only people that I've seen do it by themselves are people, and and you don't see people like this anymore, and I'm I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but they're people that had 
40, 50 dogs, which you just don't see that today. You know, mm-hmm. guys, and I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to throw anybody on the bus, but like Robert Kemmer, at one point, mm-hmm. you know, from all accounts I've ever heard, and I don't think I ever, I asked him when I talked to him, but he had like 50 dogs on his place at one point, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the only way you're going to be able to, you can do that by yourself. Otherwise, one person just can't generate enough puppies to keep a progression going and keep mm-hmm. it a wide enough gene pool. So, well, even even with Robert and uh, you know, I've sent dogs back to Robert. Uh, there's a lot of Pete Robert sent dogs all over the country yeah. uh, to to different people, and you know, he's even had help with with getting them out and getting them hunted and, and bringing them back in and to yeah. diversify the, the bloodline enough that it, that they don't go stale. Yeah. I know some people that have, uh, that have claimed to do it, uh, but there's no way that you can hunt that many dogs and do them just yep. in, uh, in, in my book. Yep, um, I agree. It takes a lot to actually develop a line, promote it, that it can then be, I don't know, known well enough that, to sell pups and, and, and get pups into the hands of hunters. And yeah, you can sell some random puppies, but in order to keep it going and everything, you kind of have to, I don't know, be known somewhat mm-hmm. in that, in the well, community of the breed or whatever that you you're hunting. So, yeah, I, I've, I've watched it, you know, time and time again, uh, Joe blow down the road has got some really good bred puppies, yeah. uh, but he can't give them away. Yeah. Uh, just because nobody knows him. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen people that, you know, have a name built up and here they are, they're getting, you know, twice the going right for, for a, you know, for a puppy. Yeah. Uh, and people don't ask what, the, what they're out of, ask anything about it. Uh, they just want to know, they just know that they want to get a puppy from, from that person. Yeah. Uh, but I, I tell you, uh, something interesting like with Robert Kimmer uh, back years ago uh, one of the first hunts I was at at Jamestown uh, I saw Robert come in with a with a load of puppies I think Jamestown I don't remember if he was there at uh, Lake Prince anyway he come in with a load of puppies and uh, he was breeding some really good dogs back then and uh, not that he's not now I'm just saying that at that time you know he's it was Everybody wanted a, a puppy from Robert Cameron, and yeah. uh, when when cur dog puppies were going for fifty and a hundred dollars a piece, five hundred dollars wouldn't have bought one off of that truck when he pulled in. Uh, you know, it, it's and a lot of it was you know he had a name built up of, of having good dogs. Yeah, you know, I don't advertise. I don't. I don't raise enough dogs to to keep puppies all the time because that's not what I want to do. I want to hunt. I want to. I want to raise a good dog. Yeah. Uh, and I want, I want to prove them myself. I don't want to, even though I have to, you know, cause I can't, I can't hunt them all. Uh, but I want to see what I'm doing because that's, that's where I get the enjoyment of the dogs is, is, is raising them up myself and seeing what they do. Yeah. And, uh, where has your breeding program, you know, where you, from where you started to where you are today, kind of where are you at now? How are your dogs? Yeah. You said that, your dogs still go back to those original dogs, but have you kept it really tight on those old dogs or have you kind of branched out a little bit here and there and what have you brought in? And Well, basically they're a lot the same and a little bit different. And, and I'll kind of explain that. I, uh, I wanted to keep the same traits. Uh, and, and, I'll tell it on myself. Uh, back several years ago, uh, man, I got uh, I got to noticing that my dogs, my percentage of dogs that were making it was was not where I wanted it to be. Uh, I was still producing some good dogs, but I, I just didn't. I wasn't seeing what I wanted, and I, I think a lot of that was because I was keeping stuff so tight. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and I won't say like inbreeding but you know really close family breeding yeah and uh a breeding that really kind of made me see something needed to be done uh after this was a good friend of mine todd gibson down in uh in alabama 
uh, he had actually come up here to breed to uh, an old dog I had that's called Chief. And uh, Chief went straight back to the, the old Spring Creek buck stuff that, I, that I'd that i started with. Uh, pretty straight down the line. But old Chief had, apparently had went uh, sterile on me. So uh, first time he brought his, his female up here, she didn't have any pups. Uh, he come back. He said, uh, "He said, man, I'd really like to try her again." And uh, I said, "Well, come on back." And uh, he got up here, and she wasn't hardly uh, ready to stand at the at the time. And he got to looking at, at an old dog I had here called Cowboy. And uh, Todd said, well, "Why don't we just breed old Bell to Cowboy?" He said, "I've always liked that old dog." Well, let's do it. And from there, that little bit of an outcross, which they were still in the camera, still close to the the same ancestors, that little bit of an outcross really turned things up a notch. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I saw that, and, man, one of the results is, like, the, the dogs, the Harrelsons have got, uh, you know, uh, the pup that uh, that everybody's so fond of, and Jer- Jeremy Garner's uh, down there, uh, the honey pup is uh, is is a descendant of that that cross and uh, and everything. Okay. So it it seemed like it stepped it up a notch. So yes, I I, ca- I kept things the same because I like those traits, but a little bit different when I made that one outcross. Uh, now that's not to say that through the years that I've not not tried other things that didn't work out that yeah. I just don't tell nobody. You know, uh, I, I'm not a real public person when it comes to stuff like that, so I don't advertise my business. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. so if it don't work out, I, I know it. Nobody else will ever find out. You know, it's just and uh, we go the direction that works. That's that's where I go. Well, I need uh, I need one of those miracle pups like honey. Well, uh, there's, there's probably going to be some in the works. So, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the guy that, uh, Jeremy got that miracle pup from, uh, he brought a female up here to, to my house to breed today. So, nice. uh, well, for, uh, for the listeners that might not know about honey, uh, she's what, five, six months old. Yes. Yeah, something Three. like that. She's yeah. Stupid young and, uh, and been treeing squirrels since she was like three, four months old in his starting pen. He has mm-hmm. been shooting squirrels, coon, heck, even treat a bobcat with her. Uh, you know, like I said, she's six months old. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, now kind of a he, little, a little. He hunts yeah, he, he hunts her. Yeah, and that that's what it takes. You know, you if you you can have all the the built in ability, uh, but if you don't exercise that, it's not going to come out. Yeah. And, uh, but. Uh, there's a kind of a little joke with that. Uh, I actually went and met another friend of Jeremy's to pick that pup up and bring her to the house so that he could get her. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, uh, man, you're going to have her treeing before I come get her. I said, you know it. I, I should be treeing when you get her. And so he took her back and then, you know, he was messaging me just a few days later, like, man, this dog, you know, she's fixing a tree in a pen. That's what made me told me you wanted a tree and before she got her. So of course she was, uh, she was only here about, uh, maybe let's see. I think I, she was overnight. So she was less than 24 hours at the house. So I, I really can't take credit for it. But, uh, and, uh, when Jeremy came to get her, she was, uh, we went to looking for her. My wife had brought her in and she went to sleep under the Christmas tree. So, uh, and, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's that's something else, you know, with these with these dogs, no matter you know, no matter what you've got, so you can have the you know, the best genes, the best breeding, the best cross ever was. If if you don't put them in the woods, you'll you'll never realize yeah. uh what they can do. Exactly. You know? And uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, there's been a world champion behind someone's you know, tied out behind someone's house at some point in time that it would have been if, if it would have got hunted, but when you don't mm-hmm. hunt it, you don't know. Well, I'll I tell you what, I'll tell you uh, another story, you know, um, 
a lot of people, like I said, with, with uh, Roger Bennett, uh, Roger came up here and we we were partners on on a you know a dog or two and, and everything. And I had a little black pup out here. Uh, and man, Roger was walking out there to to look at something else at the house, and this little pup fighting on his ankles and, and everything. And and Roger said, "Well, you take that pup home by that pup. Right, pup ain't for sale, man. I said, She's just you know." She is what she is. I said, I, I like her. He said, man, I want that pup. What do you take for him? Uh, and skip forward through the details anyway. Roger ended up carrying that pup home. <laughs> um, and that turned out to be the spook pup. Uh, and, man, she turned out to be a really, really better than average dog in the day and at night both. And she produced. She She really produced as good as she was, if not a little better. And, uh, we saw that in, in her. And I went to looking and trying to find some of those litter mates back. And, uh, I found one, uh, that the guy had. And he said, man, I wish you would come, come and get this dog. He said, he don't ever shut up. And, uh, man, I think he's crazy. <laughs> and, I went, man, I'll go get him. It's worth a, worth a shot. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I, I go get him and I get there and he's wormy. He's, he's skinny. He, you know, he just, he just looks like he's, you know, like he needs a new home. And yeah. so I get him, I take him home, uh, throw the wormer to him, uh, throw the feed to him, man. He gets up, he looks good. And I called Roger and I said, Hey, Roger, this is what I got. Uh, what do you think? He said, well, man, it's worth a try. So I carried with Roger. And, um, you know, the dog's up. So I, I don't remember. He might have been a couple year old, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and Roger gets him down there. He calls me back in a few days. He said, man, he said, I don't know what I can do with him. He said, this dog is as gun shy as I have ever seen. And uh, I said, no, no kidding. I said, well, maybe we just wasted a trip. And, uh, of course, his dog had, had never been off the chain. He had never been anything done with him. You know, he was just yeah. a he was just a yard dog on a chain, and uh, didn't know anything. Didn't know to come. Didn't know to you know. Didn't know. Didn't even know his name. Uh, and when I asked the guy what his name was, he said, "Well, I can't I can't say it on, on here, but what he <laughs> what he been calling it." But uh, he uh, needless to say, we. Uh, we gave we gave him the name Chief, and uh, fast forward about six months, uh, Roger said, "Come down and hunt with him." And I went down and hunt with him, and I was I was amazed. Yeah, uh, he was nice, and uh, that was uh, long long about the time that uh, Roger and I were, you know, taking some trips down south to, together to squirrel hunt and stuff. And we carried him we carried him to Arkansas and hunted with some good friends of ours down there. And uh, that dude showed out, and I was like, man. And uh, I'd made the deal with Roger, you know, how you keep him as long as you want him. Uh, I just want him to be hunted, you know, because I had, like yeah. I said, I had other stuff that I was doing. And uh, Roger had got some more uh, dogs and stuff going, young dogs and stuff. And and I got the chance to get him back about eight, seven and a half or eight years old. And, uh, I'm gonna tell you what I, I I love that dog about as much as uh, as I loved any of them I, I've had. He was consistent day or night. But moral of the story is, you know, he was in the backyard on that guy's chain. Yep, they'd never done anything to him. All that was in, the, in him, it just it just wasn't wasn't brought out. Exactly. Also, that kind of gives people a little bit of hope that uh, sometimes there's pups that nobody mess with, and dogs two years old two, three years old, and, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't mean that they can't make a dog, Put a little, it might take a little extra time, but like, cause like you said, if it's in there, so. Well, it, you, you, the, the internet has really done a disservice to the, to the dogs, mm -hmm. uh, in, in my opinion, because, and, uh, I'm going to jab at Jeremy here, <laughs> but Jeremy, Jeremy's a squeaky wheel. I mean, he's the guy that, you know, he posts on social media, he's there and he's telling the details and, you know, and he's, he's showing, he's showing the honey pups, yeah. uh, you know, 
a lot of new people see that and think, man, this is simple. All I got to do is give me one, and then in six months, you know, if I get one from Joe Blow, in six months, I'll have a squirrel dog. Yeah. And and that, you know, is not all always there. Uh, you know, uh, I'll go back to what uh, the Bama dog that he's on that's, uh, that's doing so well. Mm-hmm. When Ronnie Wooten called me uh, about the dog uh, and everything, he said, man, he said, he just laid around out there and wouldn't do nothing, you know, for a long time. And he said, he just, he said, I didn't know whether he was going to come on or not. But then all of a sudden he started, you know, started making something, you know, so there's two dogs that have really, you know, made a, uh, you know, a showing in, in on the internet. Uh, yeah. And both of them are different. You know, the, the Bama dog was slower starting, yeah. but he's turned into a, a really good, you know, dog at night. And then there's the honey dog that, you know, just, uh, just right out of the gate is, is making a good dog. Uh, so, you know, every dog's different. Exactly. And, uh, but, uh, and I think that's what separates men with dogs and dog men. Dog men know mm-hmm. how to bring out the best in every in every dog and, and be able to work with it regardless of which which pup they get mm-hmm. so and that, and that's that's roger bennett uh I, you know i i'm bragging on him because he he deserves every bit of it but, but he is a he is a dog man he can bring that out of them you know i'm the guy that uh i've got to have a natural you know uh if it's not a natural I'm not the guy to train one to tree. Yeah. Uh, Roger Bennett can coax it out of the out of any of them. I mean, he's he's that he's that guy. Um, and uh, you know, and like like you said, you know, that separates separates the two. And I, I you know, the dog world is full of both. And, yeah. Uh, and there's a place there's a place for both. You know, in the yeah. dog world, there's people that, that they could care less whether. You know, they watch a dog develop from a puppy and all that. They just want to go and go hunting, yep, or go and and win a competition hunt. You know, and and, and that's that's, that's good. We need them. Yep. You know, I know a lot of Rogers dogs were were black or black or brindle, and uh, but obviously this honey pup Jeremy's got got some of your blood. It's yellow. Do you tend to have mm-hmm. more yellow dogs, or do you have more brindle dogs? Depends on what year it is. Uh, <laughs> Last year, I last year when uh, when the Harrelsons got their dog, I bred uh, I bred three females to uh, a dog that I've got. It's uh, we call him Clyde, and Clyde's a big big brindle dog. And uh, this year, it seems that uh, you know I've had it in my mind. I've got a uh, got two two young yellow males uh, that uh, that I bred. Uh, you know, three females too. Okay. So, you know, this year it'll be mainly yellow dogs. Last year there was a lot of brindle and black dogs. Okay. Uh, but, but now the honey, honey dog, you know, uh, she comes out of, uh, well, one of her grandma, her grandmother, uh, was black Betty. So, you know, even, even in those litters, you know, she's out of some, you know, some black and black brindle stock. So okay. that's what I, you know, always kidded, uh, Dwight Anderson and, and Jeremy Garner about, you know, uh, Dwight's hunting the yellow dog and they always like these, uh, brindle dogs and black dogs and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And I, and I, I told them, you're letting these, letting these yellow dogs go and they're going to make you, you know, make you the best one. So yeah. they're Dwight and Dwight and Dwayne Anderson both got both hunting yellow dogs and Jeremy Garner's got a whole kennel full. And yeah. you know, so, uh, now a few months ago, right before he got Bama, he's like, I'm going to albino brindles. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But uh, as far as my dogs it goes, it's uh, it's whatever I've got on my brain at the time. You know, whether I, if this female, if I think she's gonna cross better with the uh, with the male that I've got, this brindle, that that I'll have brindle pup. Mm-hmm. So, no, I was just curious. Uh, um, and are are your dogs? You you said they're Kemmers, so man, I'm guessing they're Kemmer Stock Breeders mm-hmm. Association registered. But are they still yes, OMCBA registered? Yes, sir. Um, okay. I spent a lot of money back several years ago 
because like I said, you know, I, the, the dog that I, some of the dogs that I started with, uh, this was before the, there was a, a camera association. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those dogs weren't camera registered. And at one time years ago, you, if you would pay, uh, the back registrations on dogs and you had a camera that didn't have on CBA papers, you could get, you could pay those back registrations and register them with the camera or with the ONCBA okay. uh, association. And so, you know, the camera association was pretty new at the time. I felt like it was going to stay around, but I also, you know, looked at it as, as the opportunity to, to go either way, you know, wherever life took me, yep. uh, if I keep them and, uh, and that way, you know, I couldn't go wrong. And uh, mm-hmm. so, no, so I, like I said, I spent a lot of money keeping them that way. I think it's smart. And I think you're probably one of few people that probably still has dual registered dogs. Yeah, there's, there's quite a few little pockets out there of them, but, okay. uh, and, but they go, uh, for the most part, they go back to uh, either Jake, Jake Lou stuff and Gene Montgomery down in, in Alabama. He's got a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he's kept his bill registered. And, and, you know, uh, another one is Kenny Guider, uh, up in East Tennessee. He's, he's kept his, uh, you know, bill registered. And, and Kenny's another one too, that I, I've worked back and forth with. Uh, he's got a lot of dogs from me, um, and, uh, and everything. Matter of fact, the, the Clyde dog that I spoke of, I had, uh, Kenny had got a, a dog from the cowboy of Bellcross, Todd Gibson, uh, and me. Yeah. And, uh, and then he called me and he was looking for a black dog. And I sent him a, a dog, a black dog, male dog called uh, driver. And, uh, that's where my Clyde dog came, came from. So that, that's, he's one of the friends that, that helped me out through the years of being able to get stuff back. So yeah. I got the Clyde dog back from him mm-hmm. and everything. So, nice. uh, I really would like to try a camera. Only camera I've ever hunted with, uh, he was dog aggressive, but at the same point, a dog jockey had him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess his owner had passed away. That, that's the only camera dog I've ever hunted, but uh, I like what I've seen of him, and uh, I, would, I would definitely like to try one at some point. Well, so. you know, the the cameras are just like any other, other breed of dogs. I mean, there's, there's good ones and bad ones. And, oh, yeah. You know, and, and this line may not suit you, you know, uh, for anything. And, and the other line over here might be like, man, that's the greatest dog I've, I've ever seen. And, uh, um, I know like up here where I hunt a lot, uh, I really, really hate for a dog to be one of those straight line dogs. I wanted to hunt, you know, bird dog style, uh, because these hills up here and that, that's easy. Uh, you get one, you get one that, that, that trees four ridges over and, uh, you flatten that out and, uh, you know, you're, you're like two miles, you know, to get over to it. And yep. so, you know, but there's, there's other lines that, uh, you know, that, that hunt that way. So, you know, they'll just, like I said, they're just like any other, any other dogs. There's, there's good ones and bad ones and different traits and everything. Cause you know, uh, here again, another Forrest Gump reference, you know, they're like a box of chocolates. Everybody doesn't <laughs> like the same, you know, the same thing. So they bred them in oh, the yeah. way that they want it. Yep. Well, I think that's no matter what breed you're in. I mean, you're going to find that mm-hmm. find, even in walkers, you're, you're going to find walkers that aren't straight line dogs, but granted that's mm-hmm. what most of them are, but not all of them. So for people to listen, how other than bird dog and how describe your dogs and how they hunt otherwise as well. I want a I want a dog that that hunts for me. I want him to to circle back. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I don't want I don't want a straight line dog. Uh, I want him to hunt as deep as he needs to go. Uh, whether it be you know hundred yards, two hundred yards, three hundred yards, and I tend to like my dogs to hunt a little deeper because I can always take that out. I, can't put it in them. You know, if they don't have it in them, I can't make them go. Yeah. Um, I want them to hunt bird dogs, you know, bird dog style. Uh, 
and I want them to hunt on a, on a pretty fast pace. I, I don't want one that's just running wide open. I think they, you know, they tend to miss miss some things, but uh, I do want them to cover ground pretty quick. Uh, you know, a dog that uh, that stays under my feet, I've got no use for, and I don't I don't want one that. It's got to pee on every tree and, you know, <laughs> kick grass and, and all that stuff and scratch and, you know, roll and do. I want him to, to leave out with, with something on his mind like he's on a mission uh, and everything. So that's, that's pretty much it. You know, I can I can handle, you know, the different mouths, the different stuff. You know, that's I, I want the ability and the brains. Uh, mm-hmm. I want him to hunt smart. You know, I don't want one that, that always stays up on the ridge or always hits a creek. I want them to, to use their brain and, and go, you know, uh, hunt into the wind and work the wind. I, I want them to be able to use their brain. Yeah. What kind of mouth does your dog, do your dogs have? I tend to get two different, two different kinds. There'll, there'll be, for the most part, the biggest majority of mine will be a, be a, a semi open to silent type of dog uh at night uh with a with a top on track and a and a usually a long location not really sometimes not a ball but a, a semi ball and then change over to a chop uh there are some dogs that i get you know out of mine that that will have a, a chop on track and then change over to, to a you know a ball uh, and some that'll be just basically a, and I, I really don't call it a ball so much. I mean, a lot of people do, and that's, that's what they refer to it as, but it's, it's not like a, like an old blue tick hound on a cold, you know, winter track, yeah. uh, ball. It's, it's more of a squall mouth than, than, than a true ball mouth. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I get some of those, uh, that, that Bama dog, you know, he's, He's kind of got that, uh, got that kind of mouth. You know, it's not really a ball, but it's it's not. You know, it's, it's I guess you call it. I call it a squall mouth. Yeah. And, uh, I, got, uh, I got squall mouth dogs. I'm well aware what a squall <laughs> mouth is. But uh, for the most part, I'm I'm just about deaf. I, you know, I can hear thunder, but it's got to be awful close. I've worked, you know, uh, almost forty years in. Uh, you know, in industrial slash construction settings, and in my hearing sucks. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so, I've got to have a uh, you know a loudmouth dog. Okay. Uh, is that or is that? I've got to have my son or daughter with me because I, you know, if they get very far and, and they're, they're weak mouth, I can't I can't hear. Yeah. So, thank goodness for Garmin. So definitely. Well, you got any more good hunting stories for us? Uh Well. Trying to think, you know, uh, you know, I've been, you know, on some really good hunts and stuff, and and everything. And uh, you know, I mentioned uh, back earlier, earlier in the our discussion that uh, you know, I used to go down to Southeast Arkansas and stuff, uh, yep. and hunt with some good friends of mine down there. Uh, and I sold a dog to a guy down there uh, back. She was along about oh five or something, and uh, the guy's name is Shane Skinder, and then Shane kind of hit it off. You know, there's certain, certain people in, in the world that when you meet them, you know you like them. And uh, Shane, Shane was one of those guys that man, me and him hit it off. Him and his wife came up and and got the dog, and and when he stepped out of the stepped out of the truck, I mean, we I knew he was going to be a friend for a while. And, uh, man, we didn't have any squirrels that year. He invited me to come down and, and hunt with him. And um, I had a, a good friend of mine that, that I worked with at the time, Brad Askew. And old Brad, he, was, he, he had his first dogs, first, first squirrel dogs. You know, he was new to it. He was really gung-ho. And I called him and asked him if he wanted to go with me. Shoot, yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to go. So... We rolled all the way down to Southeast, well, Hamburg, Hamburg, Arkansas, with, uh, stay with old Shane. And, uh, Shane hits it, you know, hits me with it when I get down there. He says, uh, he says, hey, man, what do you think about a buddy of mine coming along and, and filming? 
man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. And he called, man, he's a good old boy. He said, he said, he just, he won't even bring a dog. Oh, he, he'll just come, come and go with us. I said, well, man, I, I guess, I guess it'd be all right. Uh, you know, so we roll in and come to find out it was Todd Hickman, uh, the one that did all the squirrel dog feeding videos back then. Okay. And, uh, so we roll in and, Man, Todd was another one. Me and Todd hit it off, and you know, I ca- used to talk to Todd quite a bit. We kind of slacked off as we got older, but uh, you know, he's another guy that, that I just knew I was going to be friends with. They, they opened their houses up and uh, invited me in, and you know, introduced me to a lot of people down there. But uh, we got down there, and me and old me and old Brad Askey, we we hunted with them, and and I don't. I don't remember how many hundred squirrels we killed the, you know, the four days that I was down there, but it, uh, it really, you know, really blessed me with, uh, with a lot of good friends and, uh, yeah. and everything. And after they, he got the footage, uh, Todd told me, he said, man, he said, this is really good footage. And, and Todd had, and, uh, and his buddy had been, uh, dabbling and, you know, making some videos and stuff. And he said, Man, I want to make a video with this. I look, he sent me the footage, and, and I, you know, I looked at it. Man, that is good. That, you know, a lot better than what you're seeing, you know, on the outdoor channels. Well, on the outdoor shows and stuff, outdoor channel where I didn't have it. I mean, it may have been, yeah, been there. But uh, and so he edited it up, and uh, what turned out to be a, you know, just a, a few days getting away with some buddies turned into, you know. Overnight, you know, everybody in the country knowing knowing who you were and knowing who Big Sally was and Cowboy <laughs> and Queenie and and everything and and uh, and like I said, Rick really introduced me to a lot of people, a lot of dog people. Put you on the, the back. world. Uh huh. So, I, I tell you, you know, with with these dogs, something that 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 that, that did that that video and uh, and everything is, I had people that weren't even interested in, in squirrel dogs asking about these cameras. And, uh, after that, I, I sold, I sent dogs, uh, a couple of dogs overseas, uh, to be, uh, uh, search for, you know, human remains, man dogs. Yeah. Uh, I sent dogs for, you know, of course for hog dogs. I sent dogs for, uh, uh, deer tracking dogs, shed, you know, hunt shed antlers. Um, a friend of mine up here and uh, in town is it uh saw one of the videos and he said he would like to try one as a as a drug dog, you know, because uh to take it into more you know, places like schools and around stuff like that that wouldn't be as intimidating as a German shepherd or something like that, you know. Yeah. And so it, it opened that up that that got these cameras in a lot of places that they normally wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And uh that's pretty cool. I'll tell you one more about the, an interesting story with uh, with old Shane Skinner down there. Uh, I loved hog hunt. We don't have a lot of hogs here, so when I go down there, I always try to try to make a hog hunt. Okay. And uh, oh, uh, we were staying at, at Shane's house, and that February, some of the worst tornadoes that uh, had hit that area in a long time come through, and. Uh, we got up that morning and it was coming, you know, just downpours. And uh, this hunt, uh, Roger Bennett was with me. And I asked Roger, I said, uh, you know, because we were supposed to go hog hunting that morning. I said, Roger, you going? He said, no, I'm staying in. I ain't, I ain't getting out of here. I said, okay. So uh, Shane was there and I asked Shane, I said, are you going? He said, man, he said, I tell you what, you go. You kill all you can kill. You bring them back here, and I'll skin them. I said, "All right." And I, I found one person as dumb as I was to to hit the woods, and we hit it, and uh, we ended up we we got to got to hunt probably maybe three hours, three or four hours, something like that. We, long story short, we ended up killing three three good sized hogs, and uh, on the way back, we're coming through. Uh, we was Monticello, Arkansas, and uh, the uh, tornado sirens going off. We didn't have a clue, 
uh, we're out there hog hunting and killing hogs, having a big time. And, and there's tornadoes tearing up, Dumas, Arkansas, like everything. And of course, you know, where we were at, no cell phones and or nothing. And guys back at the, at Chain's house were like, man, we didn't know where y'all were, if y'all were okay or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, we roll in and, uh, and of course there's Shane. He said, you know, glad to see y'all back and everything. I hand him an knife and said, hey, man, you need to go on back out there and get this skinny because we got to head back to Tennessee today. So, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, now, you, you hog hunt your squirrel, dog, your squirrel and coon dogs? Or? Yes, sir. Uh, I don't I don't get to hog hunt near as much as I, as I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I go, I always throw one or two of my dogs in because I – you know, like I said before, it's, it's more to me about the dogs. And if I've got a dog in, in the race, whether he, even if he's, you know, lagging, you know, a hundred yards behind, if he's in the race, I'm, I'm having fun. Oh and, yeah. Uh, no, I get it. I, I throw and, some, uh, I throw my dogs in on bear races, so I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And hey, I've got some, I got some good friends over in, in the mountains of North Carolina and uh, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, when I go over there to bear hunt with them, which I've not got to do uh, yet, but when I go, you can bet that uh, I'm gonna say, "Hey guys, let me let me th- let me throw this young dog in there just so that I've got you know I've got some Annie in the pot." Yep. And because uh, then uh, uh, well, when, whenever you finally do, guess what? You'll be ruined. <laughs> uh, if it if it's very much more exciting than uh, than the hog hunt, I, I you know. I've always said if we had hogs around here thick as they do in other places, I probably wouldn't small game hunt. I'd probably be a hog. If I had bears yeah. here, I wouldn't coon hunt. Mm. There, there's just yeah. a difference in in running something that's a little bigger, something a little more dangerous. That, that, that their adrenaline just gets to pumping a little more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've got uh, I've got a lot of friends in bear hunt, and you know. They've, they've, for the most part, told me the same thing, man. Don't, you know, you don't need another hobby. Don't go. Don't <laughs> exactly. go. I went, I went one time, I killed a bear. My wife's like, good, you're done. I'm like, nah. And I've been back every year since. Uh huh. No, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a disorder, as my wife says sometimes. Yep. And, uh, but, uh, you know, in, in saying this right here, there's, there's something that, uh, that I would like to add. Uh, I listened to a podcast the other day, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm just now getting to where I'm listening to some of them. Uh, and, you know, listening to like Jeremy Garner, and I, and I keep going back to him. Yeah. He's hard to get out of your head. You know, he's, he's just, you know, yeah. he is. I'll, I'll uh, throw a little shout out to old Jeremy Garner because he's the one that told me that I need to talk to you. So, well, he's, I'll blame it on him then. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he, he was telling a story about, uh, you know, about his wife and kids and, yeah. and everything. And that's, that's, that's one thing that, uh, those saying behind every, every good man is, uh, is a good woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't know how good I am, but I do know that I've got a really good wife, uh, yeah. you know, behind me. Uh, she supported me in, in all my adventures and, in the late nights and the, the holiday trips and the out of state and the going and all the money that I've spent and, uh, you know, she's the one that go goes and picks up three, four hundred dollars worth of dog food every every few few weeks and <laughs> and uh, and everything. And without her, I couldn't do what I do. And uh, so I I really want to thank her. Yep. You know? I don't know if she'll ever listen to this, but if she does, <laughs> she'll she'll get here. There you go. Yeah. And uh, one thing you you mentioned, Jeremy, telling his story, and you know, just so the listeners, if you haven't checked out. Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Hound's Tooth Podcast Network with Jeremy Garner. You, you definitely need to. Um, it's really not that much hunting related. Jeremy lived through a horrendous uh, incident a couple years ago. A tornado hit his house with his, him and his family inside of it. And he tells that story. And, you know, it, it's just, it gives, like, it gave me chills listening to it. Just everything he went through and, it's just a great story of how they overcame it. So like I said, it's really not that much hunting related, but it's a great story. And, uh, 
you know, so if you haven't listened to that already, I would definitely recommend you go check that out. And it, and it does, it gives you a, a new perspective yeah. of, you know, you, you can watch this stuff on, on TV all you want to, but until you hear it, uh, that in depth and, and, and everything, yeah. there's some, there's some moments in there that, uh, that, that caused my, you know, throat to get a little thick, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, thinking about with, uh, with my kids and, you know, I, you know, I've got, I've got two, two new grandkids that, that, that you know, listen, well, one's just turned six months old and the other one's just, uh, well, born first, uh, first of February. And, uh, you know, thinking about, you know that happened to them. That just uh, it, it, it's a new perspective, and people ought to check it out because it, it's a it's a good listen. Yeah, like I, I commented, he put some pictures up on Facebook of it, and I remember seeing him a couple of years ago. I mean, I I was aware of who Jeremy was. I mean, I didn't I never really talked to him or anything. To see the pictures, it's like it, man, that that's awful that your house got destroyed. But then you listen to him and and telling you how how it all happened, and you know I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. it for people that haven't listened to it, but you know, he literally got thrown from his house and then had to crawl back in to find his family. So like, Mm -hmm. it's just crazy. And so we will definitely, we'll leave it at that and just tell you, you got to go listen to it if you haven't. Yeah. And, and if Jeremy, if you're listening, don't get the big head. This is, this is, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, well, I think that's covers a lot of what I wanted to talk about. And if you got anything else, uh, no, I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty much it. You know, it's, uh, it's been a long, you know, a long time with these, with these camera dogs and, and I've tried a lot of other things, but I keep coming back to them. They're not for everybody. Uh, I like them and really don't care if anybody else does. Cause I'm, you know, I'm the one that feeds them. Exactly. Uh, so, so, but I, I really do appreciate you, you know, thinking about me and, and, uh, and asking me to do this. It, it, it means a lot. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to do it. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time, keep them talking in the timber.